few as well who aren't so familiar. Maybe you've never heard of that name before. Maybe you've heard of the film Chariots of Fire. Anyone heard of the film Chariots of Fire? Those people in their 18 to 25s group are thinking, what is this film, Chariots of Fire? Now, if you're not familiar with the film, you might be familiar with the theme tune. Come on, yes. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, this is beautiful. I based some musical, classic music right there. Um, I want to encourage you that as of like two weeks back, that film was on BBC iPlayer. So if you, if you want to go back and watch it, you'd be more than welcome to. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about the life of Eric Liddell. And some of this is in that film, others of it is not. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a bit of a story time. Eric Liddell was born in China to Scottish missionaries in 1902. He grew up surrounded by Christianity and he acquired a firm faith. He went to Edinburgh University and studied science there. And whilst there, he got really involved with the Christian Union and evangelistic preaching. But also whilst he was at university, he was scouted as a top athlete, being very, a very fast sprinter. And despite being so quick, probably being the, the fastest person in Scotland, he was mocked for his running style. He would run in such a way, which is swinging his head back and running as fast as he could, looking upwards. And it was described as being ugly at the time. He was mocked for having an ugly running style across, you know, nationally across Scotland. He saw his sporting ability as a way to worship God. One of his very famous phrases uh, is, he said, when I run, I feel his pleasure. He saw that this God-given ability to run fast was something which God was, was pleased in when he competed in that way. For those of you who like sports, I wonder if it's the same for us too. He was so fast that he was picked to represent Great Britain at the 1924 Olympics, and he was tipped to win the 100-meter gold. But he faced a dilemma. Once he got to the Olympics, which happened to be in Paris that year, it appeared that the heats for the 100 meters was to be held on a Sunday. And his conviction from God was that Sunday is a day of rest, it's the Sabbath day, and therefore he should not compete. And he stood firm by these convictions. A huge backlash from the Great Britain Olympic team and the press at the time mocking him for this decision, trying to make him to compromise his faith, but he chose not to. He stood firm in his decision and did not compete in the 100 meters. So he was left with two more events, the 200 meters and the 400 meters. He was tipped to do well at the 200 meters and he got the bronze medal, but the 400 meters he wasn't tipped to do so well. He wasn't known for being a 400 meter runner. But on the morning of the race, someone who he didn't know handed him a piece of paper. And on this piece of paper, it said, he that honors me, I will honor. That's words from 1 Samuel chapter two. 
So he was encouraged on that morning. Okay, maybe God's going to honor me in my decision to not compete in the 100 meters. And unexpectedly, he won the 400 meter gold. He was already well known uh, across the nation of the, U- of the United Kingdom. But this victory made him well known across the whole globe. People knew his name and knew that he had won. And so because of that, he received lots of opportunities um, for other jobs and roles working in sports. And that would give him more fame, more money, more wealth. But he rejected all those offers, believing that God had called him to China to follow in his father and mother's footsteps. So the following year, in 1925, the year after the Olympics, aged only 23, he went back to China and uh, was a teacher there. He got married, had children, but during the 1930s, war broke out and that led into World War II. His wife, his wife was pregnant at the time and they had two young girls. Um, They fled, but little was sure that God had called him to stay in China. And that's what he did. Like many others, he was captured by the Japanese and put into a prison camp, which we know would have been awful conditions. He taught the Bible in that prison camp. He helped the elderly. He encouraged people. He diffused quarrels. And then just a few months before liberation, in 1945, he died there. And his grave is still there to this day, um, And the memorial headstone has inscribed on it, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. What a life. Wow. Why have I told you this story, you could be asking. It's 2024. There is an Olympic Games this summer, and it's being held in Paris. 100 years ago, Eric Liddell competed in the Olympic Games held in Paris, and he won the 400-meter gold. I believe this year is going to be a year of opportunity to share this story with people. It won't surprise me that if we are watching the coverage of the Olympics on TV, they might retell this story again and again. It could be something that we can drop into our conversations with people around us, other Christians to encourage them, and maybe non-Christians to point them something about Jesus to them. It's a really key story for this year. And I'm sure you would agree with me that Eric Liddell was a runner who ran the race for Jesus. He lived out Acts 20, 24. As it says, well, hopefully we'll say on the screen. He considered his life worth nothing to him with the only aim to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus had given him. So today, I'm going to be speaking to you about the sacrifice of Eric Liddell's life, the task of Eric Liddell's life, and the focus of Eric Liddell's life as we look at this Bible passage together. So firstly, the sacrifice of Eric Liddell's life. It's clear he stood by his convictions. You may not agree with his conviction to not run on a Sunday. But that's not really the point. The point is not whether you agree with him or not. The point is is that he stood firm by them. 
He knew that that would cause mockery to come his way. He stood firm by his convictions, and we are called to do the same. When he won gold, he wasn't lured into wealth and fame. He knew his calling was in China, so he went there. And when he had the opportunity to flee to China, he chose to stay and be a witness, which ultimately cost him his life. He lived a life full of sacrifice and surrender. And it's the same with the Apostle Paul as well. Acts 20, 24, Paul is speaking to the elders of the church that met in Ephesus. He's heading back to Jerusalem, and he believes that his life might be coming to an end. For the past, I don't know, couple of decades or so, he spent his life telling people about Jesus across many cities and planting churches there. We read in his letters in the Bible, don't we? Uh, in Philippians, he, he says that everything else is a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. In Romans, he writes about bodies being a living sacrifice to God. And drawing close to his death, nothing's changed. It's exactly the same. He's saying the same thing. My life is worth nothing to me. He's had great cost in his life. He lived a life of sacrifice and surrender too. Both Paul and Eric Liddell, they considered their lives worth nothing to them and made Jesus the center. So I wonder, what is the center of your life? Maybe it's personal happiness. Maybe that's what you live for. That's just living to be happy and to have a good life. Or maybe it's to make money. And everything that wealth brings, you know, to have the nicest new shoes, the new phone, the best TV, the fanciest car, maybe that's what you're living for. Maybe it's status. I want that job title. I want that role. I want to be popular amongst my friends and family and schoolmates and colleagues. Maybe that's what you're living for. Paul and Eric Liddell, they considered their lives worth nothing to them. How do you view the race of your life? Is it about you? Or is it a sacrifice to Jesus? That's the sacrifice of Eric Liddell's life. So, secondly, the task of Eric Liddell's life. He knew that his ultimate task was, to, was in China, actually. He recognized that in that brief period that he was in the United Kingdom, studying at university, he had an opportunity to worship God through his sport. Paul talks about in our Bible verse, complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Paul also mentions in Philippians 2, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That's Philippians 3, verse 12. We need to do the same. See, when you, if you're in Christ, if you've been saved, you've been saved with a purpose. And we're to press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. That can be our task. The task the Lord Jesus gives us. A runner needs to run in their own lane. So Eric Liddell, he's competing in the 400 meters, 
200 meters, 100 meters. If he were to put his step into another lane, he'd be disqualified from the race. He can't do that. And it's a similar thing for us. We need to run in the lane that God has called us to, to be in. And you might be thinking, well, what is my lane? Well, if you're asking that question, I'll respond with another question. Well, how do you spend an average day? Tomorrow comes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, an average midweek day. How do you spend it? Maybe you're a full-time parent, and that is what you do on an average day. Maybe you work in an office, work in a hospital, maybe you work at a school or a university, work in a shop, maybe you're a builder, I don't know, you get the picture. How you spend an average day? I believe that's the lane that we're called to run in. Now there is a place and a time to seek God, asking him, is there a change in my life? Maybe there's a new thing you're asking me to do. That is certainly something we have to weigh up and be ready for God to, to lead us and direct us in that change. But we have to remember, where are we right now? Let's run our race there. That's the task the Lord Jesus has given us. A runner as well, they can't compare themselves to others. If they're running in their lane... They shouldn't really be looking and seeing where other people are at in their lane. They need to be focused on what they're doing. And so, <laughs> and so we need to run in our lane and not compare ourselves to others. That can be a real danger when we're seeing what someone else is doing and how they're living their life, and what God's called them to do, and having those moments of jealousy, saying, oh, I wish I had that, I wish that was for, for me, that's not a helpful mindset to have. Eric Liddell's famous quote, when I run, I feel his pleasure, and I love that so much. When we run in the lane that God's called us to do, we can know the pleasure of God. God's pleasure over us as we're, do, as we're pressing on, taking hold of the thing for which Christ Jesus takes hold of us. When you run in the lane, you can know the pleasure of God. You might not feel it like Eric Liddell, I feel God's pleasure, but you can certainly know it in your head. I want to be clear though, that God's pleasure does not come from running. Yeah? Jesus before he's done anything. He's not started his earthly ministry. He's getting baptized. What does God the Father say to him? This is my son, whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. When you wake up in the morning, this is if you're in, if you're in Christ, by the way, if you're a follower of Jesus. You wake up in the morning, before you've done anything, this, that's what God the Father says to you. You are my son, you are my daughter, I love you, I'm pleased with you. So before you've started the running that day's race, whatever you've got in store for that day, that's what God the Father says over you. And then as you start your day, as you start running in that thing which he's called you to do that day, you can know and experience God's pleasure as you step out in that. Not comparing yourself to other people, but knowing what the Lord Jesus has given you to do. That is our task. And maybe 
You might say that you're not a Christian today. Today you have the opportunity to know God's pleasure by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There is a real cost to following Jesus. We've seen that, haven't we, already? The life of sacrifice and surrender. But wow, is it worth it? Knowing the pleasure of God is wonderful. If you don't know Jesus today, that's my encouragement, is to ask questions. Knowing Jesus is the best thing ever. But for those of us who are running in our lanes, we have one common task, okay? We, have, we, do, we do run in our own separate lanes, but there is one thing which unites us. Acts 20, 24, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That's something which unites every single one of us. Whatever lane you run in, whatever it is that God's put you to do on this earth, that is the ultimate task that all of us have. To testify to the good news of God's grace. That's what we're all called to do. No matter where you are. That's what we're called to, to run in. And that's how we are to live our lives. Demonstrating and proclaiming the wonderful good news of God's grace. You hear that? It's a demonstration and a proclamation. Both things. That's what we're called to do. When we're demonstrating... It's modeling godly character. That's demonstrating the good news of God's grace. Doing good at work. Doing your job well. That's demonstrating the good news of God's grace. Ministering grace and love in that place. That's demonstrating the good news of God's grace. Molding the culture where you are. Molding the culture to be something that honors God. That's being a light in your workplace or wherever it is that you spend your day. Just think about it. If you're a full-time parent, these things, these are things you can have in your day-to-day lives and it will be a huge witness to children. It's wonderful. We also have to be a mouthpiece for truth and justice. That's another way. We are demonstrating the good news of God's grace, standing up for truth, as well as literally being a messenger of the good news, talking about Jesus with our friends and family and colleagues and anybody who else we're with. That is proclaiming the good news of God's grace. That's the task we all have. Let's encourage one another in that. Thirdly and finally, the focus of Eric Liddell's life. Eric Liddell did the opposite of what a sprinter is supposed to do. A sprinter, anybody anybody a sprinter in here or was a sprinter in life? Were you Rachel? No, no, okay, 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 fair enough. Not at all, okay. Anybody who might have been a sprinter might know that in the starting blocks, you, you, you're in the starting blocks and as you, the race starts, you start running, you're to run with your head down If you have your head down, it's making your body lean forwards, and it's kind of making you propel forward faster. That's how you want to run. You want to run looking down, making you lean forwards, making you go quicker, making you hopefully win the race. What did Eric Little do? Got into the starting blocks, 
straight up, looking up like that. If anything, it's leaning him backwards and probably making him slower. His coach would have found that infuriating if they had coaches back then. I do not know. But they would have found that so infuriating, saying, we need to change this. A quick change, and you would be so much quicker. He was mocked for doing that, wasn't he? The world tells us to think, especially in this culture, to think individualistically. To run looking in on ourselves. Personal happiness. Personal gains. That's how we're called in this world to live. It's about me. It's about I. It's not about anything else. We're not to run like that. The Bible tells us to run looking up. Like Eric Liddell, we'll be mocked for an ugly running style. We will run in such a way. Why do you live your life looking at Jesus and making him the center, making him the focus? Why would you do that? That's, these are the things which the world will tell us. We're to run looking up. Knowing that that's the mock that we will be hearing. But focusing on Jesus, fixing our eyes on him, that will ensure we finish the race well. It's so important that we do that. You've got to run looking up. So what helps us to focus on Jesus? Who helps us to focus on Jesus? Well, God helps us to focus on Jesus. A marathon runner, I was in um, Oman uh, last week, and they had, oh, there you go, big woo, cheers, Jonathan. And um, in Oman, they had a marathon over there at, at that time, and I thought, imagine running a marathon in that extreme heat. I mean, just imagine running a marathon at all. You know, that's like not for me in any way, shape or form. Some of you here are like, oh yeah, I love running marathons, but that's great for you, not for me, definitely not an old man. But these guys, when they're running a marathon, you, you've probably seen it on TV, that they've got uh, lots of drink stations as they're running through, lots of opportunities to grab some water, quick swig, throw it all over their head, keep on going, and then a couple of miles later, more water, take it in, shh. They're drinking the water to ensure that they finish the race well. Our life is like a marathon. We need to drink the water to ensure we finish the race well. We need to drink the water of the Holy Spirit to ensure we finish the race well. We cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Without water, a marathon runner will suck. Yeah? We need the Holy Spirit to help us to run this, uh, run this race that God has called us to do. To be able to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given us. We have to focus on Jesus and we need the water of the Holy Spirit to ensure that we can do that. It's so important. The Holy Spirit is integral to all of this. We need God. We so need him. And it's not just that. A marathon runner as well, they have these little like... Nowadays, they have these like gel pack things, and they'll pull them out of a little pocket they've got in their shorts, and they'll squeeze it in, full of glucose, full of sugar, tastes, I think, well, I don't know. Anyone had one of those? Do they taste nice, Erin? They taste awful, okay. But you take them on because it's going to give you the nourishment that you need to keep on running, because you need glucose. 
As well as drinking water, as well as drinking of the Holy Spirit, we have to be being nourished by the Word of God. We have to be chewing on the Word of God daily. Getting it inside us gives us strength to run. What a wonderful gift we have in the Bible, giving us strength to run, to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given us, to testify to the good news of God's grace, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, together. That's what we need. That's what we need in our lives. So as well as God who helps us by the Holy Spirit and His Word, we need other runners too. I was saying earlier that we're not supposed to compare ourselves to other runners, but we do need other runners around us. You're not comparing yourself to them, but you need their encouragement with you. Together we run this race. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 for a moment. I've been kind of referencing it for, for a while. So let's just go there. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. In the start of that there, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. The cloud of witnesses help us to run. In Hebrews 12, well, just in the chapter before Hebrews 12, in chapter 11, the writer has spoken about these heroes of the Old Testament and how they're encouraging him to persevere. And he's using that to encourage the people he's writing to to persevere. We need to be encouraged by one another to keep on running the race. We've got to be doing it together. Being here this Sunday, two sites meeting in the same place, Hunter's Bar and Hillsborough. We are to encourage each other to run our race. This is our time for us together to drink of the Holy Spirit, for us together to consume the Word of God and to be nourished by it. That is what we're doing at this moment, and it's going to strengthen us to run the race. And when that time comes again, for us to be meeting as the Hillsborough site and as the Hunter's Bar site, when that time comes, we're going to be strengthened as a result of this time that we're having together. This is good for us to be together. It's a time of strengthening. And because of that, we will be able to testify to the good news of God's grace. That's what this is. It's a time of strengthening so that when the call to go comes, we're ready to go. And we'll testify to the good news of God's grace, both in Hillsborough, in Mailing Bridge, in Stannington, in Walkley, in Crooks, but also here in Sharrow, on Eccleshall, Hunter's Bar, Encliff, going up to Millhouses, going up to Fullwoods. That's what we're called to do, is to testify to the good news of God's grace in those places. That's what we're called for. So, in London, this year, 2024, is the year 
It's here which I'm going to be, remembering and being encouraged by Eric Liddell and by this verse. And you're welcome to join me in that if you like. Let's consider our lives worth nothing to us with the only aim to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given us. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Let's pray. If the band wants to come up, let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come right now. Come and we want to drink of you. Quench our thirst, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that your word has nourished us this morning. Lord, I pray that your word will continue to nourish us throughout this week, throughout this month, throughout the whole year of 2024 and beyond that as well. Would you minister to us, we pray. Help us to run, Lord. Help us to run to complete the task you've given us. Help us to testify to the good news of God's grace in the lane that you've called us to run in. Lord, it's about you and your glory, not about us. Help us to be encouraged by the life of Eric Liddell, who lived a life of sacrifice and surrender. Help us to sacrifice our lives to glorify you and to see your kingdom extend, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. stand. I love you, Lord.